0: How do you leverage emotional intelligence to create the life, relationship, and business of your dreams? I've spent over a decade studying, speaking, and coaching on emotional intelligence, and in this podcast, I share the exact principles and strategies my clients have used to earn seven-figure incomes, heal their relationships, get engaged after years of failed relationships, and step into their authentic power to become the leaders they came here to be. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode. We are now four days out from being married. How exciting, so much happening, but I'm super excited to jump straight into this episode of why your affirmations are not working for you and what you can do instead. Some people love affirmations and it's part of their manifestation process and some people say it's absolutely garbage. Other people call it different things, identity statements, incantations, etc. However, I think they can be effective if they're used in the right context. And oftentimes the reasons that they don't work or they're not as effective is because we're forgetting about our inner child. Now, whether you like the concept or not of an inner child, it's just something we have to understand is a part of who we are. It's a childlike aspect of us. It's been described as a semi-independent part of our subconscious, and the semi-independent part is the part that I want you to remember. So there's so many ways to delve into this, and the more research I do in this space, the more really kind of complicated and layered it can get. And so I wanted to present to you a high-level, very sequential and basic way to look at it just so that you can understand why your inner child is present in your life, and why it matters to pay attention. So something happened in our childhood. Let's call this an external event. Someone said something to you. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a friend, a teacher, a stranger, an uncle. Something happened external of you and you had an emotion i.e. a visceral response your emotion happens in your body right we have this um, we have this physical response to how we are feeling and then our brain took inventory of what was around us at the time now it made sense of the situation using the limited cognitive capacity we had at that time so we, if we were only five, my gosh, our brains are so underdeveloped, and so we kind of make these assumptions, and we draw great exaggeration, and we just draw connections that often aren't even there, and we make meaning of things that aren't really true. And our brain does that because our brain is designed to solve problems. So it must make connections because if it doesn't make connections and it doesn't make sense of what's happening, it, it's not doing its job. So it must do that. So as you can imagine, if you are 2, 3, 7, 13, even 15, even 18, even, that with your prefrontal cortex, your executive functioning of your brain not fully developed, that you're going to probably make some inaccurate assumptions, which then leads to fear and limiting beliefs. So when I talk about your inner child, based on that example right there, all of us have an inner child that has some really fun memories. Uh, For example, someone who absolutely loves ice cream like because it was a core memory for her that's what she did with her dad every week they went they went for ice cream after school and so now she this is such a imprint in her body that she gets excited around ice cream so we have the positive example and then we have things that could be quote unquote traumatic or challenging so because it happened in our body, remember that visceral response, now your body has rehearsed that sequence. Your body and your brain took a snapshot, it worked together, took a snapshot of that situation. And now your brain goes, okay, this situation is dangerous. This situation is scary. We must avoid X, Y, Z. And this is what can lead to irrational fears. Some people who are afraid of really random things, it can be traced back sometimes to situations like this. Something happened and they didn't have all the data. So the brain at that age worked with the data it could, worked with the um, mental capacity and faculties that it could, and came to these ridiculous conclusions. And now they don't like cheese. Cheese is bad. So you get what I'm saying is that because... We've all had experiences like that, that our inner child is with us right now, and based on her fears and her limitations, those exist within us. And we know that when, for example, we're afraid to show up online, or we're afraid to speak our truth, or we're afraid to do these things that are actually really normal human behavior, but we're afraid because in our body, there's contraction. In our body, there's a stored memory of a time where that didn't work out well for us. And so tying this back to affirmations, when we are speaking in first person, I am powerful, I am etc., Well, if we go back to the definition of your inner child being a semi-independent part of your subconscious, then... It would actually make more sense to speak in third person, which is inner child work. This is the work that I do with my one-on-one clients when we're doing like our weekly calls or biweekly calls. A lot of the times it comes back to, okay, and what does little Vanessa need to hear right now? What is coming up for little Vanessa? Because here's the thing, when we talk in the I am statements and when we talk about like us present day, the challenge with that is, is that oftentimes we know the situation is irrational. Like we know like, oh, I shouldn't have a fear about this. Like, of course I should just show up online. Of course I should apply for that. Of course I should have that conversation with my husband. Of course I should do this. So on a cognitive level at where you are right now, you already know. So you're not trying to convince yourself you know. The irrational fear is coming from your inner child. And until you talk to her and bring her into this reality and then talk her into a future reality, right, into where you want to go, you will always be held back. You will always be in some way contained by your inner child. If your inner child doesn't feel like she's worthy of love, she's not going to receive love. If your inner child doesn't feel like she's worthy of wealth, she's not going to have wealth. If your inner child doesn't feel competent to run a business, you're not going to run a business. And this is the importance of speaking to your inner child. So the affirmation is, I am powerful. I am a leader. I am X, Y, Z. The inner child is, you're speaking to that childlike aspect of you, which we know exists in our subconscious. So it is it's okay. Now we'll give you an exact. This is exactly tonality. Everything how I talk to Little Mars, i.e., Little Matchy, when she is feeling scared and and like really overwhelmed or whatever it is. Hand on heart space, and I just take a couple deep breaths, and I'm like. The first thing I say usually, and this is just what works for me, you can do what works for you and you probably will try out a couple of things before you find the language that she needs to hear. But for me, it's like, first of all, it's the, I'm here for you. I'm here. I know this is scary. I know you feel so uncomfortable. It's okay. I'm not going anywhere. Now, the reason I opened with... Statements like that is because self-abandonment is rampant. Okay. If you're a people pleaser, if you're someone that is afraid of what people think, if you're someone anxious attachment, you you abandoned yourself, right? One of the core fears of the inner child is the is the abandonment, and that's one of mine, i.e., when I got scared, I would distract. Right, So when you go through something challenging, what do you do? Do you numb or are you with yourself? Anytime you avoid and you go distract, maybe you go out with your girlfriends and party or maybe you watch too much TV or maybe you eat too much or whatever it is, or maybe you call a guy right? And you have that physical with the guy because that's a distraction. But what that is at its core is you denying yourself. It's you running away from your inner child. It's you not giving her the love and the attention that she needs in this moment. So that's the first thing because that used to be an old pattern for me. That is the first thing that I say to her is, I'm here with you, little mama. I'm here with you and I envision that she's sitting on my lap and I am holding her and I am talking to her and she's maybe 3 3 to 5 years old and I'm just with her. And then based on whatever fear it is, I offer her words that she needs to hear if she's feeling shame. You have nothing to be ashamed about. Everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. You were doing the best you could. I'm here for you. I love you. So it's almost like you're coming in as the mother, the perfect mother that we all wish we had, right? The present mother, the loving mother, the grounded mother, the powerful mother, the mother that was so femininely nurturing that we all wanted. And you know what? As amazing as our moms were, no mother was consistently like that. Ever, right? Like, there's no mother that was like 100% could always be there for you because she had her own trauma that she was trying to heal. And this is the essence of as we grow up, we realize that we need to reparent ourselves. And this is the essence of the work. This is the work that I do my, with my one on one clients regularly. Because this work actually never ends. It becomes more nuanced. But what's really cool about it is once we move beyond the trauma piece, i.e., You're scared to show up. You're scared to take risks. You're scared to use your voice. You're scared of failure. You you have a lot of self-doubt, whatever it is. Once we move beyond that and you start really achieving and creating the life that you want and you start building the relationships that you deserve, well then now it's talking to your inner child about breaking through ceilings, her limitations, right? Now we're going through like, okay, so she thought this was possible and now she's living her dream life and oh my gosh, this is amazing. And now it's like, oh, it could actually even be better. It can even be better. And that dialogue bringing her into a new reality that you guys haven't achieved yet because it's a future projection. It's where you want to be a year, two, two years, three years, five years from now. That's a different body of work. But the work is still with your inner child. Why? Because we have these subconscious aspects of us. And if we only talk to present day Mars, as I'm sitting here right now, recording this podcast in my office, well, of course, Mars knows that, you know, anything is possible. You know, God is protecting me, etc. Me at this level, with my education, with my level of work that I put in myself, of course, I know that. But does little Mars know that? Maybe not. And that's the work. That's what I need to do. And so when I was talking about there's a there's a good time to use affirmations and then there's like not the best time, what I would say is this, affirmations are something that you can start your day with. So I start my day with prayer and it's in bed. I don't even open my eyes and I'm already thanking God. I'm just thanking God. I'm really anchoring into peace. I'm really just anchoring into like how abundant my life is, like how good it feels to lay in my bed. And then as I get up and I start moving around and I start doing things, I may put some meditations or something on, but that's when I would be doing more affirmation type work, then I would be writing it in my journal. That's what I do. I write down my goals. I write down what I'm earning this month, like my relationships. I'm I'm writing it all down. And those I say like affirmative statements, like thank you for, I'm so happy and grateful now that like words like that. So that's how I'm using affirmations. When I wouldn't use affirmations is when I'm in a trauma response or when I'm triggered. This is not when I would use affirmation because again, triggers, think about it. If your husband pisses you off over some petty shit, is it you, evolved woman? highly educated, highly successful woman that is responding right now? Or is it a younger version of you? Uh, The version of you who hasn't realized her greatness yet. Yeah, that's that's who it is. So the I am statements going back to the semi-independent part of our subconscious, well, that doesn't work. You actually need to speak to her in third person, in which case you'd bring inner child stuff. So affirmations, Very great when you are already in a positive state and when your brain is receptive for it and you can really feel into your body what it feels like to say those statements and to feel into those statements. Not effective when you're um, triggered, not effective when you're in an argument or anything like that. That's when you need to do third person inner child work. So I hope this gave you some clarity around Affirmations in inner child work and how you can use them, like the best times to use them. And if this episode, if you found this episode useful, please share it with someone that you think might like it too. I remember I was so excited. I think it was like a year or two ago when I had my first like offer of sponsor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited. And and I was like, you know what? No, I'm just not going to do that right now. This is something that is for my community. But I do want to get this message out to a lot more people. So if you can rate and review this podcast, if you haven't done so already, I would be so grateful. And if you found this useful, please share it with a friend and I will see you next week on the Marcy Miyake show.